Good morning and thank you for the invitation to preach um, at Great Parks today, although in a very different way. Um, this would have been my first occasion um, to speak at the chapel and I was really looking forward to it. Actually, my children were looking forward to it more. We have four and three of them have been over this last number of years to Menadry Camp. And when Kevin asked us would we come and preach, he goes, oh great, we'll get to the Bartlett's for lunch. And um, it wasn't to do with the fact that Daddy was coming to preach. They can hear him every Sunday. But um, it's nice to be have the opportunity, even virtually, to speak this morning and the opportunity to open up God's Word. For many of you, you won't have a clue who I am. So I suppose before we read and preach, I should introduce myself. Um, my name is Stephen Cowsley. As you will tell from my accent, no, it's not your computer, um, nor your television. It's actually Irish accent, and um, so get used to it. We're all going to speak like this in heaven. Uh, well, that's what I like to tell people anyway. And um, I have spent 16 years. Um, I grew up on a farm um, in the north of Ireland. I was converted as a young teenager, and at 19 went off to Bible college. And then for the next 16 plus years, um, I worked for the Faith Mission um, all over the country. And now for the last 12 years, I've been a pastor at St. Thomas Baptist in Exeter. And it is a joy, as I said, to be with you. I'm married, I've got four children. So rather than you sitting there thinking, well, who is this fella? You've had a little bit of who I am and where I'm from. And most importantly, we're here just to share God's word today. And I want us to look at, well, a character in scripture this morning a rather forgotten, unknown um, character. And if you've got a Bible, I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians in chapter 6. And we're going to read down from, from verse 10 down to the end of the chapter. It's, we're going to come across this character at the end of the chapter, but I want to keep it in context this morning of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And the Apostle Paul here writing to the church in Ephesus encourages them. He's coming to the end of his letter. He encourages them, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that in the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel 
from which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, my dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, so that you will also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. We know God's word is precious and we thank him for it. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, as we come to open your word, would you open our hearts to your word? May the words of my mouth, but the meditation of each one of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. For Christ's glory, we ask it. Amen. During these days of lockdown and during these days of pandemic that have struck our nation and struck our world. My prayer and my hope has been that we will start to reprioritize how we see things and what we give our time to. We'll start to give credit rather to those, rather than giving credit to those who entertain us, we'll give credit to those who care for us. And I think we've started to see over these last few months maybe a change in that but there's a fear in my heart we'll just as soon as we get back to normal whatever normal will look like in the future that we'll slide back into our old habits and our old ways and and forget everything the Lord has taught us we'll forget how to care we'll forget how to love we'll forget how to do all the things that we've been doing looking out for each other, looking out for our neighbours, looking out for our communities. And one of the reasons I fear that is because what scripture teaches us, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And the only way there'll be everlasting change in our society is if God comes in power and in revival. And if God comes and works grace in people's hearts and lives, that's the only thing that can bring real lasting change. But it's lovely as you search the scriptures and I've been doing this over this lockdown time and noticing some of the less familiar characters in scripture and how that God used everybody, not just the Peters and the Pauls and the Elijahs and the Moseses and the Davids, but some of the less known heroes of faith. Of all the disciples, for instance, Andrew, Rarely gets a mention. But if there was a character trait that summed up Andrew, it would be his faithfulness. He just wanted to bring people to Jesus. We could do with Andrews in our churches today, couldn't we? There's a lady in the Bible called Phoebe. She's, her character is described as beautiful. There was just something lovely, wholesome, winsome about her. Don't we need people like her in our churches today? Hannah, 
in the Old Testament was prayerful. In spite of all our difficulties, in spite of all the pain that she carried, here was a woman who knew how to call on God. And this morning I want us to look at a character that you, some of you I'm sure have heard of, but maybe we've just passed over. His name is Tychicus. If Andrew was faithful and Phoebe was beautiful and Hannah was prayerful, then Tychicus, the character trait that sums this man up, was he was useful. Now Tychicus is mentioned at the end of the book of Ephesians, just at the end of Paul describing to the church that we're in a battle. Now we know that. But Paul has just reminded the church in Ephesus that we do not fight alone. One old saint has rightfully said, nowhere in the New Testament do you find an isolated believer. God has put us in his body, in his family, in the fellowship of believers, so that we do not fight this battle alone. And one of Paul's greatest companions in his ministry was this fellow called Tychicus. Now his name simply means fortuitous. It's his meeting with Paul wasn't an accident or, or wasn't a chance meeting. We don't believe in, in chance or coincidences or, or, or just luck. We believe what scripture teaches us, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you. God had a plan for this fellow's life and his plan was that he might be useful, not just to the church, but also to Paul and his ministry. Now, with a name called Tychicus, it's been a nickname I've been given once or twice. You can't tell by watching over the video, but I'm not the biggest of characters. I, I'm, you know, I always say, listen, I'm frightened of heights. That's why I stopped growing. Um, although I am frightened of heights, I wish it had grown a little bigger. But, and, and some of my mates have called me Tychicus, but this Tychicus wasn't, it wasn't a nickname because he was small. It was his real name. And we don't know a big pile about this man. He's most likely from Ephesus. And it's most likely he started traveling with Paul just after Paul had spent two years pastoring the church there between AD 55 and AD 57. And the plan after they left Ephesus was that Paul was heading to Jerusalem for the Christians in Jerusalem were in crisis. Persecution had come on a huge scale and they were poor and in real need. And their brothers and sisters across Asia had started a fund to send folk to meet their need. And why would you send money and funds and people to people you'd never met? Well, it was the church in Jerusalem who had first sent them Paul with the message of the gospel. So the kind of goes, listen, you've blessed us so much in sending us Paul. We want to help you and bless you too. And the whole context of our meeting with Tychicus really comes in 1 Corinthians 16 and verses 2 to 4. Let me read it for you. On the first day of every week, says Paul, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then, when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve 
and send with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable to me to go also, then they will accompany me. So Paul says, listen, we're going to raise funds and this is how we're going to do it. And the local churches, as, he, as Paul went around Asia raising these funds for Jerusalem, they just didn't give money, they gave people to go with Paul on his journey. Were they bodyguards? Were they companions? Whatever they were, they went with Paul. And you read about them in, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 4. He was accompanied by Sophita. He's from the church in Berea. Then there was Articus and Sedeus. They were from the church in Thessalonica. There was Gaius. He was from the church in Derby. Then there's Timothy. Well, we've all heard of Timothy. Then there's Tychicus and Trumachus from the province of Asia. So this was the little band of brothers, as it were, from all the little churches around that went with Paul to Jerusalem. Now we know nothing of Tychicus's background or his parents. But when we come across him in scripture, can I suggest three things this morning that we learn about this man that I hope we will seek to desire for ourselves. Tychicus was a man who could be relied on. When Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, his favourite word was the word approved. Here's a little bit of homework for you. Good Bible study. Get, read 1 and 2 Corinthians and underline every time you find the word approved. It means to test or to examine someone before you endorse them. Actually, these fellows that were sent in Acts 20 with, with Paul, the church says, well, they're good, they're reliable, they can be trusted. But actually, Paul wanted to see if it was right for himself. He wanted to approve them for himself. He wasn't going on hearsay. He was going to rely on the evidence he saw for himself. And in Tychicus, he found someone who was utterly reliable and totally honest. The journey to Jerusalem, what happened was that, that Paul was arrested when he got there. And here's what happens. Five years later, he delivered this letter to Ephesus. Tychicus, my dear brother, faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you that for this purpose that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Five years these guys had been in the road together since they headed off to Jerusalem. Paul's now been arrested. He's now in chains because of what happened in Jerusalem. And five years of walking with this man, five years with living with this man, five years with working with this man, he found him to be utterly honest and utterly reliable. He's a faithful servant. Now it was Tychicus who delivered the letter to Ephesus. He's not just a postman here. I haven't just given him the mundane job. It's much more than that. Here's a man who will tell you everything 
honestly, reliably. He'll give you first-hand details of how things are going. Isn't that how we're meant to be? When we speak, we're meant to tell it as it is. Isn't that how Paul taught the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 2, 17? Unlike so many, do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. When Tychicus was about to arrive in Ephesus, he was arriving as one sent from God, not peddling, but bringing the truth, not for profit, but speaking as from the Lord. Tychicus can be relied on to tell you exactly how it is. He'll tell you, Everything. You can rely on him and telling you the truth about how I am, says Paul. You can rely on him for telling you the truth of what I'm doing. You can rely on him for telling you the truth about how the situation is in Rome and how Christians are faring. He'll bring you accurate prayer points for you to know how to pray for us and how to pray for the church. Tychicus won't underplay it neither will he overplay it he's not going to exaggerate it and, and to make himself look good and he's not going to downplay it just to just in case you worry he's going to tell you it as it is here's a man that when he speaks he can be relied upon well that's some testimony isn't it that's a reputation to have that when we open our mouths, people trust what we say. Paul's already taught the church, by the way, in Ephesus, the letter that Tychicus is carrying in Ephesus and Ephesians 5, 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will all, in all things, grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. And Paul says, we're, we're to speak the truth in love, and here's a fellow who's going to demonstrate what that looks like. He's not just going to be honest with you. He's going to come and he's going to encourage you. The word encourage means he's going to strengthen your hearts. Here are folk who cared about Paul. That heard rumours of what was going on in Rome. That heard gossip of how things were. Paul says, listen, he's going to tell you how it is. And I don't want you to be, I don't want you to worry, says Paul. I don't want you to panic. I love Dad's Army. It's one of my favourite television shows. I know I'm not that old, um, but it's just wholesome. And my favourite character in Dad's Army is Corporal Jones. And he often runs around shouting, don't panic, don't panic. While panicking, we all know somebody like that, don't we? Tychicus is going to come and encourage them. Listen, don't panic. But I can say this with calm assurance. Because why? Because God's in charge. Actually, Tychicus is in good company in Scripture and in the New Testament church. He's in the company of men like Barnabas. Acts 4 verse 36. Joseph a Levite from Cyprus, 
who the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. There were folk in the church in those days, Barnabas and Tychicus and others, who were just known as great encouragers. Folk who would strengthen your heart. When you heard them speak, when you were in their company, when you listened to them, they would just encourage your heart. Don't we need that in the church today? By the way, it's, an, it's a gift. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. Notice, if it is encouraging, let him encourage. It's a gift. And in all the gifts we seek for in the church today, man, the gift that we need people to have in these days is the gift of encouragement. To encourage simply means an alongside person. Someone who will just sit down beside you and ask you and mean it, how are you? And really want to know, not just for the nicety of it. By the way, encouragement is a description of the Holy Spirit himself. John 14, 26, but the counsel of the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. He's coming with the ministry of encouragement. Tychicus isn't going to tell you it's all victory and light. But he's not going to tell you it's also all doom and gloom. Brian Edwards, who used to pastor Hook Evangelical for many years, said this. It is a great gift to encourage in a challenging way. And challenge in an encouraging way. Did you get that? It is a great gift to encourage in a challenging way. And a challenge in an encouraging way. Here was a man, Tychicus. First and foremost, he could be relied upon to be honest and to encourage people's hearts. Tychicus wasn't just a man who could be relied on. He was a man who was respected. You also read about him in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 7. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. Now in Ephesians, Paul calls him a faithful servant. But in Colossians, he also calls him a fellow servant. Just one word. But that one word makes a significant difference. It's best translated, he's a fellow slave. Tychicus would do anything to serve the Lord. Nothing was beneath him. Nothing was too humble for him to tackle. I remember years ago growing up in a church and there was a building project going on. And my father was at the top building, putting some brickwork up uh, at the peak of the church. 
and a fella, an architect in a suit, well-dressed, driving a big BMW, drove into the car park, which was a building site, looking for the minister. And he shouted up to my dad up on the scaffolding, can you point the minister? And he says, you'll find him at the bottom of the car park. And he walked to the bottom of the car park looking for the minister. And he came back up and he says, I didn't see any minister down there. My dad says, well, if you stand where you are for another 20 seconds, he'll run over you with a wheelbarrow. And he turned and this fella with a wheelbarrow full of concrete, wearing old dungarees, covered in dust and dirt, came are you looking for me? And the look on his face, my father said, was unbelievable. He expected the minister to be you know, well-dressed, a suit, a dog collar, whatever else. But one of the things I loved most about that man, there was not a job. He was one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard. His ministry was outstanding, but there wasn't a job too humble for him. He could occupy the pulpit as well as occupy the pew. And that was Tichikis. He was as happy sharing God's word as he was happy cleaning out the toilets. He's a fellow slave. He's prepared to be less than a servant. He's prepared to be a slave for the gospel. Actually, when Paul uses that phrase, fellow slave, to the church in Colossae, you have to read on. Note who he's travelling with. He's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that has happened. Tychicus is travelling with Philemon's runaway slave. Paul wrote to Philemon to tell him, listen, I know much he's hurt you. I know much pain he's caused you. But he's coming back with someone who can be relied on, someone who's respected. He's coming back with Tychicus as his guaranteed of, guarantee of a changed life. If you're going to be a slave, isn't it better to be a slave for Christ than for anyone else or anything else? Paul knew that. Paul picked that word deliberately. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the live, li life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm happy to be crucified with Christ. I'm happy to be nothing for the sake of Christ. I, I, if I'm going to be a slave, I'm going to be a slave for Christ. And by the way, that's what Tychicus is too. And because he was a slave for Christ, because there was no job he was unwilling to do, he was respected. Here's a man who was relied on, you could rely on. Here is a man who was respected. And here is a man who gave his all. 2 Timothy 4. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, says Paul, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. Actually, you read the last words you ever read of Tychicus are found in Titus 3, verse 12. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Melonius because I have decided to winter there. 
Here's a fellow that had left Ephesus, traveled to Jerusalem, um, traveled around the world, ended up in Rome, then is sent back to Ephesus, then is sent to Nicolopolitius. Here's a fellow that's, that's traveled everywhere. And, and never do you re read that he's got tired of doing God's will. Paul doesn't record that Tychicus ever through his tours out of the problem and goes, hey, listen, have I not done enough miles? Have I not traveled enough places? Have I not, have I not run around enough? I just want some time off. He was happy to travel. He was happy to give us all. He was happy to put us all into the work of God. Why? Because it was the work of God. You know, it's possible to get tired in the work. But we should never get tired off the work. Doesn't mean that Tychicus never got tired in the work. But here was a fellow willing to travel, willing to go all the miles. Remember, he didn't jump on easy jet and fly. There was no chauffeur-driven cars. There was no great expense funds for him to take the easiest means of transport. He was a fellow willing to give us all for the service of his king. Tychicus is not noted for being a preacher like Paul or Peter or Apollos. As far as we know, he wasn't martyred for his faith like Stephen or James. He didn't write any letters. He didn't plant any churches. In fact, there's no record that he even led anyone to Christ. But everywhere you meet him, in the writings of Colossians, in the writings of Timothy, in the writings of Titus, in the writings of the church in Ephesus, Everywhere you meet him, he is what? Faithful. He's trustworthy. He's encouraging. He's caring. He's serving. Keep this in context. In the midst of spiritual battle, no less. And spiritual battle with Paul, not against Paul, but with Paul in the spiritual battle. Here's a fellow that gets mentioned in dispatches simply because he's fought the good fight. Here's a fellow that's rarely acknowledged, but someone who could be utterly relied upon, someone who was utterly respected, someone who gave their all for the cause of the gospel of Christ. Here's was a, here's was a, a fellow that it was just good to be around. We should never despise the kind of Christian who it's just good to have around. <laughs> you know, the first century church was built on people like Tychicus. And, the, and so will the 21st century church and beyond. What we need today in these dark, difficult days, folk who we can rely on, folk who we can show our respect to, folk who will give their all for the gospel. 
folk who are reliable, folk who are cherished, folk who are unselfish. He didn't do it for his glory. He did it for his glory. I wonder, have you a Tychicus in the church? They're not the big prominent ones, they're not the ones everybody looks at, but they're just ones you completely rely on, completely trust in. Would you ask, Lord, give me the gift of being a Tychicus? <laughs> Make me in these days someone who'll be willing to serve, be a slave for the gospel of Christ. Make me one who will live in a way that glorifies, who's simply happy to be mentioned in dispatches and who glorifies Christ and Christ alone. May the Lord make us more like Tychicus as Tychicus became more like Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you for these characters in Scripture. We thank you that they're not mentioned by accident. You put them there because of the work that they did for you, and the way they glorified your Son, and the way they served you. And Lord, we want to be people, men and women today, in these days, who will serve you wholeheartedly. Who will be willing to roll up our sleeves and stick at the job that you've given us. Who will be sons of encouragement. Lord, may you fill our churches with Tychicuses in these days. May we find men and women who will be happy to be a slave for the sake of Christ. Lord, would you keep us this week close to yourself? Would you help us walk humbly with you? And would you draw us closer and closer to the image of Jesus? For we ask it in his precious name. Amen. Thanks for having me this morning. And the Lord bless you.